0: job that should be done private using one's own truck piece. Uh, Dirt and grease under the fingernails is a social no-no as they tend to detract from a woman's jewelry and alter the taste of fingerprints. Entering in your home, entertaining in your home, a centerpiece for the table should never be anything prepared by a taxidermist. Um, Do not allow the Picked up immediately after the movie has ended. Uh, refrain from talking to characters on the screen. after proven they can't hear A wedding, uh, livestock usually is a poor choice for a wedding gift. Um, kissing the bride for more than five seconds may get shot. Um, let me see here. Uh, for, for the groom, at least. Comfortable. Say yes to socks and shoes for this occasion. By uh, driving etiquette, dim your headlights for approaching vehicles, even if the gun is loaded and the mirrors is inside. When approaching a four way stop, the vehicle with the largest tires should always have the right of way. Never tow another car using pantyhose and duct tape. When sending your wife down the road with a gas can, it is impolite to ask her to bring back coffee. Um, do not lay rubber while. And if you have a vacuum, uh, if you have a vacuum, you have to vacuum the bed. it is time to change the sheet. So uh, I'm just giving you some general hints. Here. Well, we were <laughs> and, uh, all right. We, we've we, we've been preaching through the Book of Philippians, and we go verse. Is in chapter two of the book of Philippians, as Paul wrote. And remember that while Paul is writing this, he's in prison. This is a whole book about joy. And that's the thing I think I think we look at externalities. And many times we think that our joy and our peace and our happiness comes because everything's doing well. Well, that's not in the case of the Lord. The Lord has told us in his presence He's told us the joy. So our joy and our says, My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, I give unto you. So so we should have peace in our life because of Him, not because we live in peaceful uh, peaceful circumstances. So, But to me, one of the greatest pictures of the life of Jesus from the time He was born all the way to the time, and really even time before He was born, while He was in heaven with the Lord, before He came to His earth. The greatest picture of, of the Lord from the time from heaven all the way through, he went back to heaven is found here in the second chapter, and I want to go back and cover some of these. I want to go a little bit more on the latter, 9, 10, and 11, but I want you to, let's just read this together, and, and uh, we're in, in chapter 2 of Philippians, and we start with verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal. But made Himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of the man, He humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. This says this, Therefore God also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Well, Father, I thank You for this portion of Scripture. Lord, that we, in our feeble ways, Lord, we do such a terrible job. Look at eternity. We look at life and things, Lord. We're not fully going to understand this because we look through a glass darkly, right? But the time is coming, Father, when you're going to we're going to see Him as He is. is what he and we will see Him, Father, because You're going to give us a body that is no longer going to be bound by this mortality. But You're going to give us a body that is going to be bound by immortality. And not only that that is so sinful, and the, and how that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the, the very uh, understanding that we as men are, are and women are such just foul creatures. But Lord, the day is coming when you're going to give us this corruptible body that we're May the words of my mouth tonight and the the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in my sight. You are a strength, you're redemption, or everything, Father, and I pray to be with us. And I ask to this of Jesus, today. When I read verses six through eight, it says this. It says, Who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of the bond. Being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. He's talking about Jesus. The subject of these verses are all about Jesus. It's a portrait of Jesus coming from heaven, coming for you, and coming for me. But in verses 9-11, the whole message changes because it says, 9-11, therefore God also has highly exalted him, giving him a name above every name. Which is that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and those in heaven and earth, and those under the earth, and those, those on the earth, and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and the glory of God the Father. So now it changes. And now, while well, the first three verses are about Jesus and him coming and what he accomplished, it now changes over where it now talks about God the Father. And God the Father, once Jesus had done this, and he... When you hear God the Father saying to Jesus at His baptism, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You hear Him on the Mount of Transfiguration when He looks at His Son and He says to the disciples there, this is my beloved Son, hear Him. What now He highly exalts Him. So we have a portrait here of our Lord when He was leaving heaven all the way down when He went back to heaven. subject is how God has highly exalted Jesus Christ to the highest place of honor in all existence. There's no higher honor, no higher existence. I don't care who the person is. Whether the king or queen or, or despot or whoever it may be president or anything, no one has ever reached the height that Jesus has ascended to. But this is the highest honor that anyone in heaven or earth Ever achieved, and then he even goes a little bit. farther, he says, even under the earth, earth of the Lord. And what does he mean by that? If you're, it always amazed me that when Jesus walked on the face of the earth, that he, the Bible says he came into his own. His own did not receive him. People didn't even recognize him as who he was. Didn't recognize him as Jesus. They didn't see that. And yet he would go. When he went to the Gardenian maniac, he went there, and and the demons there recognized who Jesus. While people did not recognize Him, the demons recognized Him. And they recognized Him and they said, Son of man, have you come to torment us? And they had to ask Him. Well, you remember when He took the demons and He put them in the, the, the 2,000 sheep that ran over the hill and the people came out of the, came in the ocean? And, and it's almost funny, that whole thing, because the Bible talks about how demons walk through dry places. Well, where did they go to? The, the, the pigs go to. first place they went was over to slip in the water. Get away from them. And that's that's what the difference is. But they even they had to ask Jesus for permission. So even those under the earth, he's highly exalted. Even under the earth. And under the earth, those one-third of angels and demons that followed Satan, the Lord wants to make sure that there is a day coming when he's going to introduce and crown Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of lords, that they bow down before him before they cast him away to the lake of fire. We're living in a time when people are snubbing their nose at the Lord. We're living in a time when people act as if He doesn't exist. We're living in a time when people think they can get away with anything. But there's coming a time, and I'm telling you that right now, that every man will bow down to Jesus and they will confess Him as Lord, and they are not going to get away with what they think they're going to get away with. We may look on the television and see some of these people, and they and, and we know that they're guilty. We know that they've lied everything else. And it just seems like, well, they're just getting away. But like I've mentioned this morning in Psalm 73, that it says, until I went to the house of God and I saw their end, I saw what they were going to go through. The most selfless act that was ever done will be recognized by every being. In history, there have been selfless acts. Bible says in John 15, 3, that greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life to his friend. I read stories of guys when a grenade came into their foxhole or something, young men that were willing to jump on it to save the lives of other people. So one of the most selfless acts that ever could be would be greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. And there have been those throughout history who have made the ultimate sacrifice by giving their your life for others. But listen to this. While that is a a, a great sacrifice, no one, and I mean no one, and I mean no one, had ever given up what Jesus gave up to go through the worst circumstances that Jesus had been endure. No one has come so high to come so low than to go so high. And no one gave up so much to gain the great humiliation of the cross. I wonder if the angels couldn't figure that The Bible says the angels are already trying to look into what men are doing, what God's doing with us. They, they have a hard time trying to figure that out. And I wonder if when Jesus was getting ready to come, when He was getting ready to come to the, uh, this earth, I wonder if the angels didn't bow their heads and think about what He was going to do. Go, they didn't understand. And then all of a sudden, here's Jesus as a little baby, the most you know, innocent and vulnerable beings that could be across the face of gave up that to come for But He did that for you and I. I've told you before, there were two situations. I believe in His baptism, and I also believe in the transfiguration. There were two chances that Jesus could go back to heaven without you and I. He had a chance to not go to the cross. But He made that decision. And He made that decision for you to go to the cross. And that's why God looked at Him and said, This is my beloved Son. He was taking upon the role of Savior. He came all the way from heaven to take on that role. Jesus came into this world to do one thing—to die. Die for And He did it willingly. Will. He did it. Will. I say this how He deserves it? Our Lord needs that the exhilaration of hearing His people cry out, oh, Lord, He needs that. Through the verses of Philippians, in verses 2, 5-11, we see Jesus. We see Him in glory in heaven. Then we see Him leaving heaven to come to earth and face the cross. And then in these verses, we see seven steps downward that Jesus took. Now I thought about this, and I thought about this. He he was so prideful. He goes to his father, and basically what he said to his father, he said, I just wish you were dead, because then I could have my inheritance. The amazing thing is that the father goes out and sells the land. He he didn't have the hot cash. He had to go out and sell the land. Once he sold the land, he comes and he gives that to his son. The next second step is when he went to a big city and he blew all the cash. He thought he had friends. literally tried to eat that slop that the really The Bible says he to himself. But I also thought about Abraham's nephew Lot. And the Bible reports how Lot descended down, but the difference was Jesus descended down out of selflessness, thinking of others, and when Lot descended down, he was only thinking Abraham should have never taken him. for God had instructed him not to. For lot was a lot of trouble. I'm gonna tell you that right now for Abraham. But our Lord descended down. But it was different spirit, because the father, because the Father is the sin of the Father. Now He greatly exalted Him in those in those seven steps. And so as I as I, as I thought about. Lot developed the spirit of selfishness, only thinking of what was good for him. Well, how if we develop that spirit, how we, we don't we get blinders on and we don't see those around us. That's what happened to Judas. The first step for Lot was found in Genesis chapter 13, and when he manifested his his, his uh, selfishness, he should have been glad that he should have been glad that his uncle had taken him with him. And, he, and, and his uncle says to him in verse 9 of 13, he says, "Is not the whole land before you. Here's the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take it to the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. The right thing for Lot to have said during that time was simply, you've been good to me. You've supported me. You've brought me here. The whole thing. So listen. Whatever you say, I will go the opposite way. But he didn't do that, did he? Well, the Bible says, and Lot lifted up his eyes saw all the plains of Jordan, and it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go to the He saw that, and and Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. In other words, he saw what was the better land, and he decided out of selfishness to take the better land. God blessed Abraham. First step was just manifested by his self. The second step downward was Satan got his attention. Because we read over in chapter thirteen, verse twelve and thirteen. Here's how he does it. It says, Abraham dwelt in the land Canaan, and Lot dwelt dwelt in the cities of the plain. And then it says this, he pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. Old King James says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. I wonder how many people today are pitching their tent towards something don't see, they don't see what it could destroy. You see, Adam's job in the Garden of Eden was simply to keep anything out of the garden. Satan was already on this world. So Adam was supposed to do one thing. He was supposed to keep his home and everything secure and not allow anything to come in the garden. And while he's over here dilly dallying around looking at the birds and saying, the pigeons, say, look at that pigeon up there. I named that thing. I named that. There's a dove over there. Look at this. Satan was over here talking to his wife. And the next thing you know, He allowed things to come into His home. I wonder what we allow to come into our home. I wonder where we pitch our tent sometimes. That what we don't see, we're so naive and Satan is so deceptiveness that he, he comes to us and he gives us something and we don't see where this could potentially lead. So the second step, is pitched His tent. The third step is when you... When you in with the Lord, why would you, you know, he, 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 as he gets into Sodom and Gomorrah, more and more he, he's around this debased environment. And the Bible tells me over in nineteen one, it says that Lot was found setting at the gates of Sodom and Gomorrah. What does that mean? It means he was a person of authority. Why would anybody, and once you come to Jesus, why would anybody want to be around a debased environment? And I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to find places in this world today where you're not around. Where you had to go down a big city somewhere and go down a back alley somewhere now it comes looking for you now it comes right in your home on the TV the internet and everything else he tries to reach out and grab a hold of you and so the question really is why would anybody want to do that why would he why would he be you know the bible tells us that a lot when he left uh, that he was uh, with a filthy uh, filthy manner of life but you know it was vexed with the filthy manner of life, what the old King James said. But why in the world would you even want to be around? Because the Bible asks us the question, what fellowship has light with darkness? Once well, you come to Jesus and you see, why would you want to do that? Then the fourth step is found in Genesis 14. He's so entrenched with the men of Masonic and Gomorrah that when an enemy come, tribe comes in, they just think he looks just like the rest of them. He takes, they take the lot with him. And so now Abraham has to risk his life, his being, and all things to go, and save him from that. Finally, the fifth step is when the angels come to destroy, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and he wants to delay. He's so he's so into the city, you know. And I don't know that the way the Bible speaks. I don't know that he got involved in the sins of the city, but he's so entrenched in it that the angels tell him he needs to flee, just get out of. We're gonna we're gonna bomb this place. We're gonna destroy it. What does Lot say? Can I just go to a little city? Go to a city? Can I go to a place called Zor? That's a little city. It's interesting to also to find out there is a book out there that's called the Book of Jasher and it's sort of like Josephus. And the Book of Jasher basically does this. It's a, it's, it's a historical account of those days. And, and It's a historical account of Sodom and Gomorrah. And, there, and it's interesting to me that in there it says this. It says, by decree of their judges, A man could take another man into a public square and lay with him. Now, you know that's interesting. Was that interesting to you, Lee? Because when we wanted to bring same-sex marriage in, homosexuality into this country, how we did that? We, you know, every. Do you understand that every single solitary state in the United States voted against it? Even California. Said no. Well, then, how in the world do we have it today? By decree of our judges, our federal judges. I mean, it just blows me away that the whole people can vote for something, and some judge sent to some liberal judge sitting somewhere can go and debunk the whole thing. That's not democracy. And so then we have the result of the destruction of Lot's family in Genesis nineteen four. Lot, Lot is telling his son in laws to get out of here. What do they do? They, he looks at them, and the Bible says he was his one that mocked. If you went to tell your family that what's about, if you knew that Jesus was coming tomorrow, and you went to your family and you went to tell them, simply, hey, we need to get you need to get ready. Jesus is coming tomorrow. Would they mock at you because of the life that you're living? The life that you're living does not show the presence of Jesus in it. Does not show that you're serious about serving Christ. Would they mock at you because that's what they did not want? And then the thing tells me that in Genesis 19, 26, he lost his wife. He said, don't look back. What does she do? She looks back. You know, it's interesting to me that when the Bible talks about how how, that over in, in the book of Ephesians, I think it is, uh, that it talks about how husbands are to help to sanctify their wife. What does that mean? You are the spiritual leader within your home. God is wanting you to lead your family. That's what it's saying. No, what well, you know, I, I, I know the women that you know. You know, a lot of times they say, "Well, I'm not." Why a woman would say that? I was, if the guy's not living the way he should, no wonder they don't want to submit to you. If you're not showing or any kind of gifts or, or blessings or, or fruits of, of Christ in your life, why would a woman want to submit to you? Are you the question is, are you the spiritual leader in your home or not? And finally, not only that, but his daughters, we go over all the way 19 verse 31 and what it says there it says simply that his daughters when they were they went to this out of out of out of Sodom and Gomorrah, his daughters looks at lot and they start talking to him. they get him drunk and they have sexual relations with their father and so he descended down and, the, and someone has said the end of lot was worse than the beginning but our lord descends down different spirit. And the reason it's different spirit is because God the Father, because His descent, the Father now highly exalts Him. Jesus took seven steps down. He left heaven's glory. He had everything He needed. Listen, God doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. He's got Jesus. He's got the Holy Spirit. I mean, he didn't create you. He didn't create you to so that because He needed companionship. He didn't do that. He created you because He loved you. Created out of the love of the love for the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's how you were created. He made himself of no reputation. Now yeah. he could have. He could have stood back to said, boys. Watch this. You know, and it something would have happened. He didn't do that. He took upon the form of a bond servant. No, it's a different. We look at the word servant, and we think, okay, that's somebody who works eight to five. You got two weeks' vacation benefits all that. no the word the real word here is the word doulos and the word doulos means a bonded slave the slave doesn't get to get up when he wants to he doesn't go to bed when he wants to he doesn't get to do this or whatever he does what the master tells him to do Jesus made himself with no reputation and he took on the form of a bond servant for you Baby. to a little teenage girl? Why? God put him in man and He put him in a, in a place over in, in, in eastern countries? A baby. He couldn't, couldn't take care of himself. If somebody didn't take care of him, he would die. He humbled himself. Many times we all have had things that would cause us because of some of the things that have happened to it, but listen to this: Jesus did he, no. Did Jesus didn't have things? His things in him. He humbled himself. That's the difference. He humbled himself deliberately, and he became obedient. How obedient is it? to the point of the, the cross, willing to die upon the cross, willing to do so. But listen to this: He not only came obedient to the cross; he became obedient to the type of death he would have. type of death that anybody could ever do. The Romans, when they came up with crucifixion, it was a death that they wanted people to suffer. He wanted them to suffer. So verses 5-8 through eight is all about Jesus and His selflessness and His sacrifice from heaven to earth for you and for me. But now we get into verses 9-11. Well, the picture really changes because God the Father now takes over and when God the Father takes over, because Jesus Christ, God's blessed Son, did not consider robbery to be equal with God and made Himself a no reputation, He didn't say, do you really know who I am? I've seen people do that. Do you know who I am? Do you understand who I am? everything. And so the farmer says, well, you know, you check where you want to, but don't go back in that back. Hey, listen, buddy, you don't tell me what to do. I'm going in that back part of that farm if I have to. I'm going back there. He said, well, I would go back there. If you want to go back or you go ahead. But don't, listen, don't you talk to me. I'm, I'm an inspector. See this badge? See this badge? That says I can go anywhere I want to. So he goes back there. Where long along. The farmer's sitting out there, and all of a sudden he sees this guy run across this field, and he's running this bull's chasing. And the farmer hollers at him. Show him your bash! Show him your bash! <laughs> I've seen people, I, I, I've watched a YouTube video of these people got pulled over police and their mother came in and boy, she let them know who she was. She was a, 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 a councilman or something. And I mean, it was awful how she acted. These two cops kept her cool and just looked at her, man, we got to do what we got to do, whatever. Oh, she was. But Jesus made himself of no reputation. He never said, Do you know who I am? He humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. He never let the... He was always talking about his hour. He was always telling people, My hour has not yet come. Even from the first miracle of Cana Galilee, his mother comes to him and said, They have a rile. Why? He said, Woman, what is that to you? If I said that woman, my my mother would have smacked the car out of him. But he said, Woman, what, what, uh, what is that to me? And he said, my hour has not yet come. He came to this world to do one thing, to die. He humbled himself. Why did he humble himself and came up with... here? It here it is. Jesus became obedient. He humbled himself as if you were the only person on the face of this earth. And he became obedient and even to the death of the cross. Not just death. You know, he could, have, he could have just let him die of natural causes. Okay, Jesus came into the worm and died. No, he didn't do that. He he died the most excruciating, agonizing type of death that anybody could ever die. So now, because God has so highly exalted him, verses 9-11, is Jesus' seven steps upwards, facilitated by the Father God of Jehovah. And because of this, it says in verse 9 that God has highly exalted him. Jesus has been exalted, praise God. God gave Him a name which is above every name. And that is the name every knee will bow. And what is that name? Jesus Christ. There's no other name like it. That those in heaven, those on earth, those things under the earth, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Talks about when Jesus comes back to the second coming, and it says every eye will see him. And they're gonna, I, you know, I wonder about when Jesus comes back. In. I wonder if he'll come slowly. You know, as the earth rotates, I wonder if he'll come back slowly. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. I wonder if he'll come back slowly that way. God the Father has honored the one man who was despised and rejected by men. And now because Jesus has this great honor, He holds the lives of all men and women in His hands. And is it any wonder that He is the only way to the Father after everything He's done? How could we doubt that? But man today still live as if that's not true? They still don't understand the day will come when they will be in His presence and He can do with them what He wants. And like Caiaphas, the Jewish high priest who organized the flock to kill Jesus. Caiaphas was the one who presided over the Sanhedrin according to the Jewish law, had an illegal meeting. What will he say when he bows before Jesus? Or what about Pilate, who told Jesus when Jesus remained silent and he looked at him and he said, don't you understand that I could do with you what you wish? And Jesus finally spoke up and he said, He said, you cannot do anything with me unless my Father in heaven allows you to The members of the Sanhedrin court that night, Malchus, who did the dirty work for Caiaphas, are the soldiers who beat him and mocked him and spit upon him. What would they have? We could go on and on. we could go on and on when Jesus was invited to the Pharisees' house, but not to honor him, no, to humiliate him. When Mary came in and broke open that alabaster box and began to anoint his head and feet and worship with her hair, why did she begin to wash his feet with hair? Because the Pharisee provided no towel, and Jesus made a point. I came to your house, you treated me with no tips. You had no water. You had no towel. He came in there just to do one thing, to humiliate Jesus. Well, what in you saying? We could go on and on. But before we go on and on about the biblical historical record of how Jesus was treated and mistreated, what about our day? What about the day and time that we live in? in Our time, Jesus is only a curse word. He's a joke to, the, to be told. Or many work hard to discredit him by saying he didn't exist, or he he was just a man, a historical figure. They say. There's even been things what called the Jesus Project, which they tried to go back and take all the miracles away from. When I was going through college, I remember there were some things that called that, that was. They tried to go in and try to prove everything about Jesus. And we if we get the historical Jesus is what we're looking for. We'll just take away all the miracles and everything. But Jesus says, if I don't do these things, they don't believe that I'm the Messiah. Because it was foretold 360 scriptures before that this is going to be, this is how you're going to know the Messiah. Or what about those who have spent their life trying to prove he was not real or fake? Those intellectuals who have are ever learning, but never able to come to the truth. And, and 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 we who neglect our families and not raising them up in the admonition and nurture of the Lord with our children, and then we send our kids to some college off somewhere, even a Christian college. You better watch it for some atheistic professor to destroy everything that you've tried to put in their heart. need to go back and, and, and discover chapters 1, chapters 2, all the way through to chapters 11 of the book of Genesis, because everything we question, everything there is in that, in that book of Genesis. But remember, the next time that you go to take the Lord's name and name, God, the creator of the universe, is highly, exalted. But what about those who lived their entire life as if He didn't exist? Those who purposely discredit that name? We honor sports figures and movie stars and rock stars more than we do Jesus. It was the Beatles who said that they were more popular A Bible it says, A hundred years from now, you won't be able to find a Bible. If you want to see a Bible, you'll have to go to the museum and it'll be in a glass case. A hundred years from the date he said that, guess what they were doing? The French Bible Society. day take his word and flaunt our sins in front of the world. We have become so brazen that we're not satisfied to sin in the darkness anymore. No, we want to put up put it on the billboards and record it and YouTube rather than being ashamed of it. And it's common knowledge now in Hollywood that if you move, if you have if your movie or you have a movie or music career is going into the tube, if you go out and sin, get in trouble, get in trouble with the police, the news the new, and, and the news gets a hold of your career will be revived. That's why some of these stars they don't, have any, they don't have any talent, but they go out and they, they get themselves in trouble because everybody's talking about them now. But there are some good ones, I'll say that. Have you heard Denzel Washington's testimony lately? About how his mama Apostle Paul describes the downward path our society's on when he says in Romans one thirty two. listen to this, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice it. See, if you want to live the gay lifestyle, go live it. You want to be gay, you want to be homosexual, you want to do all that stuff, then go do it. Just leave me alone. Because I don't believe That's not it. This, why? Why? It's because they want to be they want your approval, and this is why this verse says, "Who oh, approve of those who practice that thing?" That's why they're never satisfied. It's always in your face. But my friend, that picture is about to change. For all those who took Jesus our Lord for granted are pictured by John in Revelation chapter six, fifteen through seventeen. And listen to what he says: and it's uh, all people and the kings of the earth. And the great men and the rich men and the commanders and the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the cave in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of His wrath has come. And who is able to stand? No one will be able to stand. King and King, and He Lord, Lord And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will to confess that He is Lord. Because the Old Testament Scriptures teach us that every single sin must be atoned for. And is it any wonder that the Bible says that Jesus had to be slain before the foundations of the world? Revelation 13.8, it says all who dwell on the earth will worship Him whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. himself to the Father's claim. Ages ago. He knew about this. He was there when God created everything. So all these years he knew what he was going to do. A price was paid because the Bible says in Galatians that in the fullness of time he sent his son. God waited to send him right at the right time. That's the same thing that's fixing to happen. He knows the exact time he's going to look over to Jesus and say, go get your bride. He submitted himself to the Father's plan. A price was paid that we cannot understand until we see him And the Bible says over in 1 John chapter 3 that we will see him as he is. For the first time in all our existence, we're going to be able to look into the face of God and not be disintegrated. Because the Bible says no one has ever seen the face of God live. Why? Because we're not immortal. But when Christ comes back and the resurrection takes place and we get an immortal body, guess what we're going to be able to do? We're going to be able to But the other thing. The corruptible has changed. We're no longer corruptible. This corruptible is put on incorruption. And as a result of that, we're going to be able to stand in his presence being righteous. Why? Because he's made us righteous. And I think when that happens, the tears are going to be falling down from our cheeks. The nose is flattened as we fall on our faces and we'll say, truly, our you know, I know that song, and you know, we sing it sometimes in here. What will I do when I see him? Will I dance? what happened. Everybody in the Bible that came in the presence of God, they went prostrate. They went prostrate. Because His righteousness was unbelievable. His holiness was so great. The Bible says in Revelation 4, verse 10 and 11, the twenty-four elders fell down before Him who sits on the throne and worshiped, who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things, and by Your will they... Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Understand if you exalt yourself and demand your way, you'll be a base. But if you humble yourself, you're going to be exalted. If you bow before the cross and say, Oh Lord Jesus, I can't save myself. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Romans 10 declares that he who believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth that Jesus died for his and her sins and that rose from the dead will be saved. Here we read that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Does that mean that everyone will going to be saved? No. Eventually, no. There's coming a time when everyone will see Jesus and will bow before Him. It will be too late. There will be many that have said, Lord, Lord. said, Lord, I'm fine. i tell you. you know, some people say, well, I'm going to get myself ready. I'm going to get my life